Okie dokie. Smack. Hey guys, how's it going? What's going on? Welcome back to Some Sanity with Morgan Seggers. We're back at it again. This week, guess what? We're doing two episodes. Thrilling, thrilling. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Um, in celebration of that, should we do something fun? Audio board time? I need my headphones for this one. I kill a communist for fun. We uh, are trained Marxists. We uh, are trained Marxists. I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being mm -hmm. precisely, factually, and semantically mm. correct than about being morally right. I totally agree. Smart one, AOC, Alexandria. We do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? What is the carrot going to be? What is the carrot going to be? What is the carrot going to be? What's this one? If you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have. Because otherwise, people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Wait. One last one. Okay, we'll do this one again. I kill a communist for fun. For, for a green card. I'm gonna carve him up real nice. Okay, I'll be less violent, fine. Headphones off. What are we talking about today? Okay, so we have a transgender woman, born a male, 30 years or something old, transitions into a male, starts competing against women in weightlifting, and what do you know, makes it to the Olympics, baby. Congratulations, what a great achievement. Um, yeah, a 40-something-year-old man who transitioned into... A female is now going to compete against women at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, that'll be super fun, super good idea, and super fair to women. I think this is, what, probably the one millionth time that the left has said they're trying to achieve progress, and then in the end it just results in regress, going backwards, doing something totally messed up, and hurting others, hurting a lot of people like all women, because now it's not fair for an entire gender that can't physically compete against a guy that was raised and grew up into a male's body and then transitioned. So here's what I have to say about this. I was looking into it because I used to be in sports. I could do that whole like, meh, it's not fair. But there, the science of this is pretty clear. And we're dealing with like the pro-science left, right? Like all they care about is the science. Okay, well, the science and the scientists, including scientists that are supported by Save Women's Sports Australia, who have been really vocal about all this, are calling the policies that allow for transgender guys and girls to compete in the other sport, okay, very flawed. They're saying that it's a completely flawed policy. And I want to get into this first, and then we'll you know, have a little fun with the other things. But I did some digging on this, and it turns out this male, biological male, who transitioned pretty late in life after developing into a full-grown man and now is competing as a woman, they made sure that this person has low enough testosterone levels to meet the new Olympic guidelines for transgender athletes. So the only guideline they have is to have low testosterone levels and it turns out that those levels are still like five times the normal amount of testosterone that a woman has so again i digress but that's what we're looking at here now it turns out the scientists are starting to speak out on this and say well just having lower testosterone levels isn't really a good way of 
making sure that all of the advantages of a male-born guy athlete then being able to compete against a woman and have that be a fair and even playing field. That testosterone levels is not the way to make it fair. It's not the only thing that you need to consider. And unfortunately, that's what we're dealing with here. And so all they have to do is have these low testosterone levels, but the scientists are now saying that this does not help in making it fair at all. It's only one small aspect. There's so many other factors and so many other scientific things that need to be evaluated to really say that this is fair competition. So... I thought that was very interesting because, you know, the science here is that this is a very anti-woman choice, anti-fair choice. And I thought that the left is all about that, right? Um, No, if you haven't realized it yet, no, they just use science whenever it is able to benefit them, whenever they can twist it in a way that's like, (laughs) are you rejecting science, you idiot conservatives? Um, So yeah, that's what we're up against. But welcome back to another episode, you guys. I need to do the pitch because I'm really bad at this and I need to start remembering. Subscribe to me on YouTube if you haven't because I have a lot more friends than how many subscribers I have right now and it's showing, okay? So subscribe to me because I know that there's more people that listen to me than subscribe. So subscribe on YouTube for the video version and then on Apple and Spotify is where the podcast is. And so if you're doing the the video version, YouTube, but then if you're listening to the podcast, give me five stars, please, and a really fun, like I said, nothing aggressive, nothing aggressive for the review, just that this is literally the best podcast you've ever heard. I don't ask for much, people. Um, how many times am I going to say that? I say, I think I say that like every show now. I don't ask for much, people, but just say this is the best show that you've ever heard, and I'm playing with my microphone right now, but I'm sorry. I'm all jazzed up because I was just on Newsmax. What is it? It's uh, Monday night, and I was just on Newsmax. Usually, I don't go on Newsmax late. I go every Tuesday at 12.30 and 1.30 Eastern in midday, but I keep getting invited onto Stinchfield at 8 o'clock at night. So, woo, late hour, or prime time, prime time hour on Newsmax. Here we go, rocking and rolling. Um, very exciting. But thank you again. Last last time I'll do it, but please subscribe. Please follow me on Instagram. I hate Twitter. I hate all that other crap, but I do enjoy Instagram because it's very, like, authentic and I can just do my thing, you know what I'm saying? So do all that, you know, social media stuff, whatever the, the Zoomers are saying these days. Just do it, please, okay? Thank you so much. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Um, I want to talk next. So I was asked to go on to Newsmax. There's like so many things I want to talk about. That's why we're starting to do two episodes a week. Um, This is going to come out on Tuesday instead, and then I'll do one on Thursdays as well. How do we like that, people? Do we like that idea? Do we like that idea? I like it. Okay, Um, we're doing that. Tuesdays, Thursdays. But I was asked to go on Newsmax. I need to stop fidgeting with this. I was asked to go on Newsmax to talk about... What was I talking about? Oh, the Olympics with the trans athlete competing, and then updates in the critical race theory situation. And so Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd from NBC said that all of the outrage over critical race theory being in our schools from parents and conservatives is really just fake outrage, fake outrage, that uh, is manufactured for political purposes. And let me tell you, that's not the case. One, and two, how disrespectful to completely dismiss parents that are worried about their children. Uh, In addition to that, another story came out, and this is something that I definitely want to talk to you guys about because it's so weird, but I've got to find the link to it, and then I'll read it out. Basically, there's a private school in New York City 
where like the parents literally pay for their kids to go here. And the school had some person, some black woman, show a video to these eighth graders making fun of white women and like basically making a joke out of them for having white skin and being white women. So what an interesting story this is. And I can't find the actual video, but I really want to watch it for now. I just want to read this to you because it's like, this is so crazy. Parents are trying to get their kids out of public school, but then when you try and send them to a private school, even this stuff happens. So let's see. Okay, so the Daily Wire headline says, Parents outraged after elite NYC school shows video to 8th graders of white women being ridiculed for being white. It's by Chrissy Clark. Um, Parents are outraged after an elite Upper East Side school, like Gossip Girl, showed a video to 8th graders of white women being ridiculed for being white. An ex-trustee and Spence school alumna pulled her daughter from the school after students were shown a video of white women being, quote, tarred and feathered by a black comedian. Eighth graders. Hispanic technology executive Gabriela Barron penned a letter to the Spence School Administration claiming that the video openly derides, humiliates, and ridicules white women. They sat there in their graduation dresses while all the white mothers of the white students, many of whom volunteer, donate, call, email, and do whatever the school asks of them, were tarred and feathered in a video that their teacher showed them, while their white female teachers were also mocked. Barron wrote, Barron claims that the school, like many other posh New York City private schools, has shifted away from academic rigor to focusing on diversity and equity. Now, side note here, I've heard stories that especially in New York City and California and like the coastal cities and stuff, it's now the thing to like, who cares how much money you have? It's about showing that you're woke. So instead of like trying to flex your money or your private jet or whatever you can like give your kids to like show that you're higher than to get them into the school to like say that you have connections and you're successful and stuff, it's now to just go as woke as you possibly can to get accepted into the private school. (laughs) So that's how far we've gone as a society. Um, Let's continue into this. So, um, Quote, over the last several years, my husband and I have grown increasingly concerned about certain trends at Spence, including what we believe is a de-emphasis of academic rigor and a single-minded focus on race, diversity, and inclusion that is now driving the school and everything that goes within its walls, goes on within its walls, Barron said. The video of, was of comedian Ziwa, I'm going to get yelled at for this, Z-I-W-E is how you spell the first name, Fumada. F-U-M-U-D-O-H. Again, it's not that I'm disrespectful to names. I just can't pronounce anything. Side note, I used to say emoji in high school instead of emoji. And bigot, I said bigot. So please don't cancel me for this. Um, but yes, this this woman, it was a video of this comedian. And she it featured sit-down interviews with writer Fran Lebowitz and women's rights activist Gloria Steinem. Fumada, Fumado also interviewed four, quote, Karens, which she dubbed as obnoxious, angry, and entitled, often racist white women. At one point in the video, Fumada said to Lebowitz, I believe that you are not concerned with how annoying white women can be. Barron argued that the video had derided and ridiculed Asian women, black women, or Hispanic women. Oh, Barron, sorry, Barron argued that had the video derided and ridiculed Asian women, black women, or Hispanic women, the Spence community would declare with one voice that it was blatantly racist. 
Podcast host Megan Kelly, who yanked her daughter from Spence School. Oh, it's the same school as Megan Kelly's daughter. Okay. Podcast host Megan Kelly, who yanked her daughter from Spence School at the end of the school year, called the video, quote, grossly racist. Kelly said she decided to pull her daughter because of the school's growing far-left indoctrination. I heard her episode about this, and it's really, really good. You guys should go watch it. Um, but it looks like Megan Kelly shared the letter that was written by the Hispanic mother, which is really cool. Um, the school has since issued an apology for the video. Head of school Bodie, another name, Bodie Brizendine, said the video is not part of the school's curriculum. Then what's it doing? Who let it in? Who approved this? Quote, we take this seriously. It was never acceptable to ridicule anyone at any time. This video is not part of the Spence curriculum. One teacher in the school acknowledged that the sharing of a satirical video that made fun of white women was a significant mistake. We are sorry for any harm this has caused to anyone in our community. Damage is done, buddy. You just shared that to young minds. Young minds have now seen that content, making fun of their mothers and teaching them to discriminate against white women. But I thought racism was bad. According to the New York Post, parents created a letter-writing campaign demanding that the school take a, quote, step backward from its political correctness campaign. I like that. Step backward. Jared says, throttle it back. That's what he says to me. You're going to need to throttle it back, honey. Throttle it back right now. That's not what I said. And I go, but it's kind of like what you said. And he goes, you're going to need to throttle it back. Back to the story. Quote, this is becoming a culture war. I guess that's what people want instead of being truthful, one parent told the New York Post. Parents want to know what steps they're going to take with this particular teacher and with the students that went through it. There should be outreach to the children. The teacher should be fired. Maybe that's a little aggressive, but you guys, the teacher's already shown that she has severe hate in her heart for one race and that she intends to share that hate and spread that hate with children. It's just enough for me to say no thanks it's like a red flag in a relationship where you're like we may go somewhere but after six months we're gonna break up so let's just do it now baby um yeah so that's that story now here's the thing when you look at stuff like this and then you know that 1619 projects being taught in like 4500 schools or critical race theory is 4500 schools across the country that it teaches that america was founded in 1619 not 70 not 1776 and that it teaches kids that we wanted to keep slavery here and england was going to take it away from us so we wanted freedom from england and that's why we fought the revolution is kind of a big deal it kind of makes people hate america's founding it kind of makes them feel more justified when they tear down our statues and 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 change history curriculum and and shame our country as if we aren't this exceptional um creation now when people like chuck todd the holier-than-thou media people go on and say that this is all just fake outrage, it's, again, it's like, okay, you think you're better than us, you think that only you get to participate in politics, only you get to be in community activism, and that's the thing here, is like, we just saw an entire year of radical leftists showing their form of community activism, which is like, destroying communities and neighborhoods and defunding the police and burning down small businesses and beating people in their cars and stomping on cars at intersections and trying to really just terrorize everybody into supporting their radical political ideas. And I think what's happening right now is average Americans, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, just pretty much people that are like capitalism and classical liberalism are really exceptional and what we have in america is really special even though we do have problems like this is still a really wonderful place and we should be thankful we're all kind of like wait a second two can play at this game 
and we're about to do it a lot better than you guys did. We're not going to follow your destructive ways. We're going to be community activists too, and we're going to do it in a way that doesn't completely destroy not only our communities and our main streets, but also our country. And so our form of community community activism is going, going to these school boards. And I don't know if you've seen, but even these like national media figures, they're making fun of parents and like shaming parents for overwhelming school board meetings, saying like, oh, they all storm in there and they all just talk for an hour during the, the Q&A session and during the live, you know, open mic sessions of these school board meetings. It's, it's, it's so uncomfortable and it's so rude to the school board. Hello, that's kind of the whole point of America. Like, that's what community activism looks like. That's what healthy, impactful, and really change-seeking community activism looks like. And so to shame us for doing it after you just said that everything over the last two years has been peaceful protests is a little rich for me. Um, but I think that's what we're seeing now, the rise of our kind of community activism where we're realizing, wait, we could just literally take over the school board. And not only that, we're going to take over the state legislatures and change the curriculum. <laughs> well, I think we're, we have like a renaissance occurring. And speaking of renaissance, have you heard of a renaissance woman? It's a woman with a lot of hobbies, like back in the renaissance days, and I want to be one. So that's a side thing. But I think we're having a renaissance in terms of us conservatives and just average Americans understanding that that's kind of what our whole country was built on of like being involved at the local community, controlling your local community by like running the school board, taking care of the school, taking care of, of the town, and then from a larger level, not focusing on the federal government, but instead being like, we could run this damn state. Like, what if everybody started to act like Florida did and then realized, like, wait, if we just got control of our state, we could lead it like Florida. And we wouldn't have to hope that somebody else did that for us or hope that our crappy politicians in charge of our state right now will change and be like Ron DeSantis. We could just be Ron DeSantis. I think that's what's happening here. And we have a lot of really cool leaders who are going to rise up over the next decade. And I think this is going to be quite the renaissance period for us. So I'm, I think I'm ready for a fight. I know a lot of people are ready for a fight at this point, and it's happening. So congratulations to us. Uh, let's get into some other stories, though. Let's see where my honey is. Still not here. But he'll come. He'll come. We're going to have Din Din. Let's see. Um. Uh, oh this one. CNN, a really great and trustworthy news source, I would say. Not, I'm kidding. That was high sarcasm, folks. They put out an article. It was a little sketchy. A little sketchy and embarrassing. So I don't know if you guys remember, like in the 19th century, the American mainstream media fawned over Stalin fawned over the USSR. They fawned over Venezuela. They fawned over Fidel Castro in Cuba. Every time something really bad is about to happen, the left is like, this is amazing. This is utopia. Look how successful they are. And then it comes out that like, oh, those journalists were paid by communists <laughs> to spread propaganda. And it's happened like multiple times. Like I think, I can't remember the guy's name, but a New York Times reporter was living in the USSR and he was supposed to be reporting on like how terrible it was there but he was paid with like prostitutes and money and all this like luxurious stuff by stalin and by the ussr leaders to send propaganda back to america to be printed in the new york times but yeah yeah they're not fake news like they, they're trustworthy so you could just imagine how shocked i was when i saw this headline from cnn china's about to administer its billionth coronavirus shot <laughs> 
Yes, you read that right. Oh, Nectargon and Laura, he or hey, I can't remember how to pronounce that one. No, 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 no. There's an editor's note. There's an editor's note at the top, and it says, Editor's note, CNN is launching the Meanwhile in China newsletter on June 21st, a three times a week update exploring what you need to know about the country's rise and how it impacts the world. Sign up here. (laughs) Should we sign up and then just read the updates every episode and see what... It's like Christmas morning for me. Where's the link? Somebody give it to me right now. Okay. Okay. I found a new thing that we're going to do. We're going to read these damn Meanwhile in China newsletters from CNN every week. I wonder what kind of propaganda we're going to get out of this. This is like literally, I love when they expose themselves. Okay, back to it. Let's see how this article goes. Look how naive this sounds. Within days, China will reach a staggering 1 billion doses in its COVID-19 vaccination drive, a scale and speed unrivaled by any other country in the world. Like, literally, who wrote this? A CCP bot. A CCP bot or a CCP PR person typed it up, sent it to CNN's reporters and said, Will you please send this? Will you please? Or, I'll give you like 50 grand if you write this, please. A scale and speed unrivaled by any country in the world. Hello, when was the last time CCP people said anything truthful? Are we going to learn that lesson yet? Do, do these writers think that nobody died in the Tiananmen Square massacre too? Is that it? Do they think that like nobody in China has been sterilized? Do they think that the concentration camps don't exist too? Is that the next article? Is that going to be the update in the newsletter about China? Turns out, the Western propaganda about communist China is all false. Everybody's lying about China. They're very free there. Everybody's happy to live there. Nobody's killed! (laughs) I can't. Okay. As of Wednesday, China administered more than 945 million doses, three times the number delivered in the United States, and almost 40% of the 2.5 billion shots given globally. Wow. This reminds me of the time that the left was so happy. The media was so happy to tell us, oh no, COVID doesn't spread person to person because China said it doesn't. Or when Fauci, well, we gave CCP the money, but it's not really connected to the CCP because like this is a medical thing. And so, you know, they never lied to us before. So we just figured when we gave them the money, they wouldn't put the money into bad studies. And they always gave us good results. You know, they always sent us the results of their studies that they did with the money. Well, do you think, Dr. Fauci, that they could be lying in the results or they could be just not sending you the results of the studies that you told them not to do? So that you would think they weren't done? Well, you know, they've never lied to us before. And, and they are connected to the CCP there in China. You know, this is a medical thing. It's different. Okay. Okay. Or what's the other one? When they were like, China has zero cases of COVID. The only country to have reached it this far. How do they do it? Uh, hello. They're lying about their death numbers. They're lying about their infection numbers. Oh, sorry, I'm making so many faces today. But it's like, you guys... This is embarrassing for CNN, and not just embarrassing, dangerous, because a lot of people believe this stuff. Let's continue. No, I need water, because now I'm all ranty and my mouth's dry. Hmm. Okay. How many 
nice adjectives are they going to say? Look at this. The number is all the more remarkable given its rollout had a slow start. China only reached its first million doses on March 27th, two weeks behind the U.S., but the pace picked up significantly in May with more than 500 million shots given over the past month, according to the data from China's National Health Commission. Wow, I believe that. Wow. On Tuesday alone, it administered more than 20 million doses. At that rate, it is likely to exceed 1 billion doses this weekend. Wow! Everything is fine! Vaccinating a country of 1.4 billion people against COVID-19 is a massive undertaking. But communist China can do it! Due to China's successful containment of the virus... Many residents initially saw the little urgency in getting vaccinated. <laughs> Stop! Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Due to... <laughs> I can't! Due... I gotta find it. My screen just froze. Okay, due to China's successful containment of the virus where they lied about their numbers being so low and their infections being so low? Or were they real? Or were they lying? Many residents initially saw little urgency in getting vaccinated. What I don't understand, remember like the, the movie The Interview with Seth Rogen and James Franco? That's that's what happens in China too. Like It's not just some North Korea thing. I feel like most people in America only see Hitler and North Korea as bad guys. And that, like, unless you're a Hitler kind of Nazi, or if you're, like, a dictator in North Korea, then you can't be any other bad guy. And they can't see that what's happening with China is what happened in the interview where, like, there's the fake supermarket with fake food. That's what they did in Cuba when they had American tourists come. They would literally just make grocery stores that only American tourists could go in because then they'd go back to America and be like, wow, it was so great there. Nobody's starving. It's fantastic. But meanwhile, all the people behind the scenes, the actual Cubans, are starving and can't eat anything. And if they go into the ocean and pick up a lobster and then cook it at their own home, they get sent to jail because the lobsters are only for the tourists so that they can continue their propaganda tourist program and spread their good propaganda lessons around the world. But no, China is doing so well at containing this virus, you guys. I've never heard of any lie like that. Never. Okay. Mm. But several recent local outbreaks, including the northern Anhui and Lion, Lyoning provinces and Guangdong in the south, have fueled fears of infection, prompting a rush to get vaccinated in those affected regions. For those still reluctant, China has a powerful tool in its arsenal, a top-down... No. No. I simply cannot. This is, this is a good one, you guys. For those still reluctant, China has a powerful tool in its arsenal. A top-down, one-party system that is all-encompassing in reach and forceful in action. Murderous. And a sprawling bureaucracy that can be swiftly mobilized. <gasps> I need a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even I am speechless from that one. That one got me. Let's read that one more time. And I 
I have so many things to say, but I also am stunned by this and so scared because it's like, this is our media. This, I bet you this is going to come out. These authors were paid for this, paid to post it, or they got snuck it some way. Something is so wrong with this. But this is how the left sees what we should be in America, right here. For those still reluctant, China has a powerful tool in its arsenal, a top-down, one-party system that is all-encompassing in reach and forceful in action, and a sprawling bureaucracy that can be swiftly mobilized. It's like, it, at first it's like stunning and funny and like made me laugh, and now like reading it, it's like, this is how how people die. This is how people struggle in life. This is how people suffer and become oppressed because they're told that this idea of a top-down one-party system that is all-encompassing and reach and forceful in action and a sprawling bureaucracy that can be swiftly mobilized is good for us and keeps us safe and keeps us secure, and we should choose that over our own freedom. We should choose that over our own individual choice. Like, this, a sentence like that is how things really kick off. It's how you change minds uh, to embrace some really terrible things. I was not expecting to find that. Okay, we're going to move on. I, I can't say much other than that because I'm like really shocked by that. Um, but I hope that it was shocking enough for you guys as well that like you understand the impact of how crazy that sentence is. It's really unacceptable. We're going to, we should do a deep dive next time into the people that wrote this article. How about we do that? Find out a little background on them. Uh, maybe we'll be like investigative journalists. I'll get like a little, what do they wear? A trench coat and a fedora and sunglasses. And we're going to do a deep dive into the, that's the idea. We're going to do that. Okay. Next up, the top-down approach has been touted by officials as a strength of the Chinese system that helped curb the virus and has again been deployed to accelerate its inoculations. Now, this is something we hear from the left all the time. In the first month of COVID, they said that we needed to nationalize our industries, specifically with healthcare, specifically with vaccination production, specifically with like hand sanitizer production, all these random things, because they said that if it was controlled by the state, if it was this one-party top-down approach of nationalization of an industry, socialism, that's what socialism is, nationalizing an industry in an economy, so that it's controlled by the government and not controlled in private by different companies and private individual people. They said that if we did that, we would be in a better place to fight the pandemic. And look how quickly that turned from like that conversation in March of we need to nationalize March 2020. By April 2020, the left was saying, well, if we had student loan forgiveness, we'd be in a better place to fight the pandemic. If we had free college for all, we'd be in a better place to fight the pandemic. If we had rent control, we'd be in a better place to fight the pandemic. If we had rent forgiveness... We'd be in a better place to fight the pandemic if we had XYZ and it just continued on and it was like, if we had all of our party's agenda, we'd be in a better place to fight the pandemic. We would save lives. People wouldn't die. So like notice how they use that moment of a crisis to tell us if you give up literally control of everything in your life and just get everything from the government provided to you from the government, you'll be safer and more secure. And what's interesting about this is I used to give my Commie Fighting 101 speech before COVID, and I've obviously adjusted it to what it is now because so many things have taken place. But before COVID, 
my final part of this was, you know, the tactics of the left. And so a bunch of different tactics, but one of them was manufacturing a crisis or using a natural crisis to their advantage if one pops up. And that's what they were doing with, with climate change. And so my example there was like, they're literally telling us that the world is going to end in 10 years. We should be scared to bring children into the world. We should not have any more children because it's bad for the environment. And not only that, but we should literally be scared to bring them in because they're going to die of climate apocalypse. And AOC would cry on stage that she's scared to bring a child into this world because she knows it's going to suffer and die from climate apocalypse. That kind of language is manufacturing a crisis telling us we're going to die in 10 years and that if we implement their economic socialist policies because the Green New Deal was admitted to be an economic plan to restructure the economy of America and then later was made about climate change, AOC's chief of staff admitted this in an interview, we'd just be in a better place to fight and save lives. People wouldn't die from climate change if we just in implemented our policies. So they manufactured that crisis, told us the saving thing to save lives, and then tried to get us to fall for it. And what happened with COVID is People are already dying. They didn't have to try and say, people are going to die if you don't support this policy. They were saying, people are dying and we're going to save lives. People are going to keep dying if you don't listen to us. So very manipulative. But let's keep going to this article. Again, I'm like so amped up. Let me see if Jared's here. What the heck? Still nothing, whatever. <sighs> I am amped up about this whole article. Wow. Okay, so the all-out campaign to vaccinate all who can be vaccinated is being carried out across the country in major cities and tiny villages alike with government workers descending on neighborhoods to convince people to get vaccinated. Can you imagine that in America? This is very fluffy language right here. They're descending on communities, government workers, to help vaccinate everyone who can be vaccinated. I want you to think of what that actually probably is looking like in China. And I, I feel like the best thing we could do is like send our prayers to those people that are going through that right now. How scary must that really be looking like? Like if you let your imagination really look at what happens throughout history and the way that the CCP has treated its people so far, deadly situations so many times over and over, and then to know that they are descending into local communities to vaccinate as many people as possible. Just imagine what that must be like. And then just be thankful for the fact that in America, we don't have that. I know it's very hard right now because employers are requiring it. And we're going to get into a bunch of the legality situations over the next few years in terms of like court battles and, and fighting to figure out what's justified and what's not. But just literally for now, thank God that we are not in the situation that the people in China are going through. And that's the other thing. I get so frustrated that like when we talk about the CCP and we try and hold those terrible people accountable, the left goes, you hate Asian people. You hate Chinese people. No. And you guys are too dumb to realize this, apparently. But all of the Chinese immigrants that have come here over the last like 50 years have fled the CCP. Probably a lot of their family members are dead. A lot of the people, a lot of the girls that were sent out of China because families literally couldn't have more than one child and they would get rid of the girls. The one child policy and they would ship them off to places like America. There's a lot of Asian people in this country that have come here because they've been affected negatively by the CCP. And so we have their backs by standing up to this terrible regime. And we have the people in China's backs for standing up to the regime as well. They are suffering under it. So don't contribute or don't 
connect the CCP, the terrible dictatorship that that really is, the communist regime that it is, to the poor people suffering under it. They are oppressed. You guys in America are not oppressed. Shut the F up. You are not oppressed. The people living under the CCP are oppressed. The people in Hong Kong are oppressed. The people that have made it to America from China shores were oppressed and now they are experiencing freedom and then you guys, they have to look at you guys and be like, wow, those absolute brats. Get over yourselves is what they're probably thinking on the inside, but they're very nice and so they're not going to say that to us. But really, get over yourself. I'm sorry for ranting. Okay. In state-owned companies... Socialism. Meanwhile, employees are urged by their bosses to take the shots, while vaccination sites offer benefits ranging from shopping vouchers to free groceries and ice cream. Now, let's break that one down. In state-owned companies. So, sometimes we will hear from people that, oh, Venezuela's still capitalist because it has like X amount of private companies. Okay, did you ever consider the fact that when the socialists came to power, they fully nationalized some major industries and then kept the companies, in some instances, running and up, but they took them over. They are not just freely operated companies. They are controlled by the people connected to the regime. It's all controlled by the same group. Do you get the problem here, there's no check on their power. They are controlled by the same thing. Their families are all getting rich. Now in China, in state-owned companies, meanwhile, employees are urged by their bosses to take the shots. Or do you think they say, take the shot or we'll fire you and you'll be on the street because we are the only employer? What do you think? And vaccination sites offer benefits ranging from shopping vouchers to free groceries and ice cream. That's really nice. Again, it reminds me of the interview with James Franco and Seth Rogen. I think that's Jared. Ah, it's Jared. Um, okay. How much time? Okay, you guys, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I have to have dinner with Jared, so we are going to continue this fantastic article next time. See you tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. See you Thursday, because this episode's going up on Tuesday. I'm going to get another episode to you on Thursday, and we're going to talk the rest about this article, because it's so funny, but so sad, and so great at exposing what we're really up against here with propaganda in America about the CCP and the evil forces of our world thanks for tuning in subscribe on youtube if you haven't yet and five star me and review me on the podcast platforms i appreciate it bye love you